bars and hoops, Lamar and swoops, back alley cats, the back door cuts with alley oops, posting up, you on block or mic and booth, and kick it out to one who likes to shoot, oh yeah, said we merging them, got 50 with a surgeon, and some throwbacks like Snoop Dogg, with Magic Irvin, and some more in like Master B and Dr. Irvin, playing on how about maybe a little Wayne speaking on bird back then, bars and hoops y'all, we hitting up all courts, for now with the sports talk, next we talk all sports, back to it. Got Jada and Jamal Croft, haters get crossed out, crossed up across all actual facts, points of view that you've never seen from your favorite artists like talking about Gerald Green or Gerald Wallace, whoever's on your favorite team, El Amin on the verse and still be great on the name for B&H, Drake's opinion on space, one synopsis of Blake, tip on Horford's fate, the facts we giving them straight, the truth they shitting on tape, who sports snakes for a tape, so true or you can debate on who you really done rate, come through it really be great, the truth of fact like a state, AAM on Prime 8, please remember, bars and hoops, the center of the hood, make it part of your agenda. All-Star Weekend has come to an end. Officially, it's the second half of the season. You know what I mean? The, the All-Star Weekend, man, it, overall, it wasn't that entertaining. To be quite honest, it was terrible. You know what I mean? The dunk contest was terrible. You know, the three-point shooting contest was a little weird. You know, the skills competition was pretty interesting. You know, the New Yorker, Kristaps Christ, Porzingis, you know, reigned supreme in that challenge, but you know, overall, man, the All-Star Weekend was a bust, man. You know, it, was, it wasn't a great All-Star Weekend, but there was a lot of festivities and things going on outside of the court that was pretty interesting, man. So let's just get right to it, man. You know, like I said, man, All-Star Weekend was very lackluster. They got to do some things to kind of spice the weekend up. The celebrity game was terrible. I mean, if you're going to bring some celebs out, bring some celebs that got a little bit of game. You know what I mean? Not these bums that used to have game or, you know, that, you know, talk a good game. It wasn't really a good look for Master P, man. I thought Romeo was going to do, do a little bit more, being that he actually played college ball, but that wasn't the case, man. You know what I mean? It definitely wasn't the case. And, um, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't that interesting, to be quite honest. But the highlights of the weekend, man, you know, the dunk champion this year is... Uh, Glenn Robinson III, you know, big dog Glenn Robinson, his, his son, you know, Glenn Robinson III, he took the, the, the slam dunk championship, you know, he jumped over two people on, on their shoulders, that was pretty impressive, but overall, you know, most of the other dunks of the night was terrible, Aaron Gordon basically played himself using a uh, drone, or dropped the ball, he missed the dunk, he looked like he was deflated after that, and it just was a, a bad look overall. Moving on to the three-point contest. You know, this year's three-point champion, which surprised me, um, was Eric Gordon, you know, from the Houston Rockets. He's not, to me, he's not a, a, a typical three-point shooter. He's actually shooting at a good rate this year, playing in that Houston system. You know, D'Antoni, you know, he, he encourages those guys to fire if they're open, and uh, apparently it's been working for Eric Gordon because he, he made it to the contest because of his season numbers, and he actually took it this year, and he had a great strategy. He took his time. You know, he took his time at each rack, and, you know, he had some good racks, and he was able to win the contest. So, you know, kudos to Eric Gordon. Kudos to Glenn Robinson III. Again, as I spoke earlier, on the skills skills um, contest, um, Chris Stapps, Paul Zingas, reigned supreme, the year of the big man. Again, last year it was Carl Anthony Towns. The rookie of the year this year was Kristaps Porzingis from the same draft class. You know, that's pretty unique that, you know, two years straight, the big guys, you know, uh, showed their skills as far as handling and passing the ball and shooting. Well, we know that the NBA is changing and, you know, those, those two guys lead the pack with the big men that um play a little bit further from the basket now, you know. It's a common thing for big guys. They want to show that they can handle the ball and shoot the ball from outside and downtown. And, you know, the, the outcome of the contest is pretty evident with Kristaps Porzingis walking away victorious with the championship this year in the Skills Championship. The Rising Stars MVP. You know, the Rising Stars game was pretty, pretty interesting. You know, you had some guys really out there making noise. 
you know, but um, the Rising Stars MVP was, wasn't a household name, but he, he's on his way, you know, from the Denver Nuggets, that's Jamal Murray, you know, he put on a show, and, um, you know, yeah, the, 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 the league has a bright future with some of these shooting stars, rising stars that are in the league now, you know, but just to talk about that a little bit, the NBA is is on to revising their um, rule as far as eligibility for players goes because, to be quite honest, some of these guys coming in aren't ready to play, you know, namely guys like Brandon Ingram, you know, their bodies aren't developed properly, you know, their fundamentals aren't developed properly, and it shows in the quality of play during the game, you know what I mean? So that's something that the league has to address, and they are planning on addressing it moving forward so that the quality of play moving forward towards the future will be a lot better because, you know, you know it's, it's not really that good now. If you look at the NBA overall, it's a four-team race to win the champ, really a two-team race to win the champion, two, maybe three. I put San Antonio in there, put Cleveland and Golden State in the mix. Now, New Orleans, you know, that's another story. I'll get to them a little bit later. But the NBA does need to do something to improve the play because, quite frankly, it shows during the games and it definitely showed during All-Star Weekend. All right, now for the big game, yesterday's game, the hometown hero, Anthony Davis, walked away victorious with the MVP for the Western Conference. He came in with a huge stat line of 52 points and 10 rebounds. You know what I mean? He broke Wilt Chamberlain's record, um, scoring more than 42 points. He, he scored 52 points and grabbed 10 boards. Russell Westbrook was knocking on the door. He scored 41 points, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds in 19 to 20 minutes. He was one point away from also breaking Wilt Chamberlain's record, but, you know, Steve Kerr pulled the plug on him. And they just gave the night to Anthony Davis, and you know he didn't he didn't disappoint anybody, and he walked away with the All Star Game MVP, you know. But the biggest the biggest news of the night came after the game, you know. And with that being said, we're gonna move on to the NBA trades and rumors, you know, the trades that went down so far, the biggest blockbuster thus far. And to me, it was a heist. It was a heist done by the New Orleans Pelicans. And to those conspiracy theorists out there, you know, they'll definitely think that the NBA is on to something or, you know, trying to make the road a little bit rougher. But nevertheless, man, last night, the New Orleans Pelicans was able to get DeMarcus Cousins and Amari Caspi from the Sacramento Kings. In exchange for Buddy Hill, Terry, I mean Tyreek Evans, Tyreek Evans, and the 2017 first and second round pick. The first round pick is uh, protected top three, which means that if it's a top three pick, the uh, Pelicans won't uh, give that up to the Kings, which to me makes no sense. It shouldn't be a protected pick. You gave away a franchise player. Don't get me wrong, DeMarcus Cousins, as many problems as he does have off of the court, you know, to just get a first-round pick that's protected wasn't enough. They should have just got the pick outright with no protections and no type of stipulations attached to it because he's going to instantly change the fate of that franchise. It may not happen this season because it's kind of late, but they still are two games out of the eighth seed to make the playoffs, and they'll make the playoffs a very interesting thing. You know, because now they have two and a half legit players. You know, Drew Holiday is nothing to sneeze at. You know, Drew Holiday is still there. You know, now you add DeMarcus Cousins to the mix with Anthony Davis. It's going to be a gunfight, a shootout in the West come playoff time if, if the New Orleans Pelicans make it to the playoffs with that roster the way it's currently constructed. Because to me, you got the best big man in the game skill-wise and DeMarcus Cousins but overall they have a superstar still there in Anthony Davis and that's just going to enhance their team's play moving forward and towards the future you know what I mean that was a big deal that was a big trade another trade in the East Coast in the Eastern Conference was the Orlando Magic trading Serge Ibaka 
to Toronto for Terrence Ross and also a 2017 first round draft pick. You know, to me, you know, Orlando was trying to give it to Serge Ibaka because that trade from him going from Oklahoma City to Orlando really didn't make any sense. They got rid of Victor Oladipo. Now the Magic find themselves back in that same predicament to where you're probably going to draft a dynamic guard because this year's draft is filled with dynamic guards. So you got rid of a dynamic guard to get Serge Ibaka just to trade him halfway through the season for a chance to get another dynamic guard in this year's draft. It really makes no sense, and I don't know what Orlando is doing, but hey, whatever floats your boat. I don't think that, you know, Serge Ibaka is going to make much of a difference in Toronto. I mean, he'll help them out on the defensive end. You know, it probably stretch the floor a little bit more, but you still got Kyle Lowry and DeMar Rosen, DeMar DeRozan. So I don't, I don't know how much Serge Ibaka is going to help them. I still don't see them beating Cleveland. And, you know, it was just a move just to make a move for move sakes. Next on the list, the Portland Trailblazers sent Mason Plumlee and a 2018 second round pick in cash considerations to Denver for Yusef Nurkic and a 17, 2017 first round pick. You know, that, you know, they didn't really have any room for Nurkic with Jokic in Denver, really emerging as a superstar. So they got rid of a big man. To me, this doesn't solve Portland's problems on the um, offensive offensive side of the ball with the big man because I don't think that Nurkic really fits what they're doing with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCullough. This was another trade just to make a trade to try to shake up the roster and do something, but to me, I don't see them getting any better. If they do make the playoffs, they're one and done. You know, they have a lot of work to do, man. They have a lot of work to do. And it's going to be interesting to see what Portland does moving forward because I know that for a fact, Damian Lillard is probably tired of being snubbed on the West Coast. And he's probably going to end up trying to make his way to the Eastern Conference. You know, hopefully, hopefully it's for, um, you know, the New York Knicks because Carmelo needs help. Kristaps Porzingis needs help, and that'll be a better look for him basketball-wise because, you know, even though the East Coast definitely has a lot of point guards, you got Kyrie, you got Kyle Lowry here, you know what I mean, Isaiah Thomas, it's nothing to sneeze at here in the Eastern Conference, but in the Western Conference, he's going to gonna get continue to be snubbed, you know, and, um, you know, I just think that it's probably best for that team to probably blow that roster up after the season because it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. Last on the trade list, the Cleveland Cavaliers traded Chris Anderson and Cash to Charlotte for protected 2017 draft pick. It's like they just wanted to part ways with Chris Anderson. I guess they're trying to um, free up some cash and free up some space for another target that they have on their radar. I really don't know who that is. At this point in time, I think DeMarcus Cousins pretty much dictated the market on what's his, what it's going to take to get a superstar player or a superstar all-star caliber player on your team. And I don't see anybody doing that to get anybody else on the market outside of maybe Paul George, possibly Jimmy Butler. You know, notice <laughs> I didn't include Carmelo Anthony in the uh, trade rumors list because, you know, rumor has it, he's not going anywhere, which he shouldn't because this is not a quick fix process. I am under the assumption that he's probably going to make that decision to move on and go to a better destination that suits him and that will probably help the Knicks out at the same token during the offseason because this is something that, you know, at the end of the day, these are decisions you got to sit down with your family and discuss. You know, again, when Carmelo Anthony came here, I think that he truly came here with the intentions of winning, you know, playing winning basketball here in New York, and at the same time, negotiating a no-trade clause to stay in a city that he pretty much wants to be in. You know, this is a city where his family is striving. You know, he's striving business-wise. Why would you want to give that up? And, you know, I don't understand when I hear some of these 
sports talk analysts and, you know, figureheads and radio guys sit there and, and, and ridicule Carmelo Anthony because he made the decision for his family at the end of the day, as well as for his career. You know, he negotiated a uh, no-trade clause. You know, they didn't have to give it to him. They gave it to him. So he negotiated it because at the end of the day, I truly believe that he wants to retire a Nick. You know, win or lose. I think that he he committed. He committed to the team. He committed to the organization. He committed to the fan base. He got his money without a doubt. But I think at this point, it's bigger than the money. And it's bigger than the NBA championship. It sounds funny or messed up to say, but... I, I truly think that Carmelo realizes that if he's not going to get a championship doing it his way or actually being a leading player on the team, he's not interested in going or riding somebody else's coattail to get a championship ring. How did that work out for Tracy McGrady? You know, that was like a gut-wrenching one for him because San Antonio had Miami. They had them down. It was over. They was rolling the trophy out on the floor. And all of a sudden, man, Miami turned things around and basically stole a championship from the clutches of Coach Pop and the San Antonio Spurs, man. And Tracy McGrady was just along for the ride. He hardly played, you know what I mean? That was just Greg Popovich trying to give him a bone, you know, pause, throw him a bone, you know, for, you know, being a great player throughout the years, you know, but... Again, I don't think that's in Carmelo's nature to want to chase a championship ring. If he wanted to do that, he would have did it a long time ago, and he would have left New York when he had the opportunity. Granted, they gave him the money, and it was the only team that was going to give him the money that he got, but he could have got his money in elsewhere, and his endorsements would have made up for whatever money he left on the table here in New York. He decided to stay here. I'm cool with that. Right now, the Knicks have a lot of work, but it is what it is, man. I'd rather you keep him than give him away for basically nothing like the Sacramento Kings did to DeMarcus Cousins yesterday. It makes no sense. They got back no real starters. Tyreek Evans Evans is not the same guy that he was when he was in Sacramento his first go-round. He's been injury-prone ever since. Buddy Hill, the jury is still out on him. He, He still looks like he's trying to catch up to the NBA game. You know, who knows what those draft picks are going to turn out to be. But again, like I said, it's like, you know, you're trading for potential. You know what I mean? We don't know what those draft picks will be. And it's going to be a heavily, heavily God-dominated draft. You know what I mean? Moving forward. So I don't know what the Kings are really going to do, but they changed the whole landscape of the NBA last night with that trade. They got a lot of slack on social media, and rightfully so, because that was a lopsided deal if I've ever seen a lopsided deal in the NBA. You know, um, as far as the rumors are concerned, man, trades that didn't happen, that was this close to happening, but they didn't happen. You have Philadelphia basically shopping Jalil Okafor to Portland for basically the same package they put together for Mason Plumlee. You know, um, the Celtics. You know, rumor is that they're only willing to make a trade for Jimmy Butler or Paul George if they become available. You know, that means that they're not interested in Carmelo Anthony at this point in time, which says a lot. You know, Melo's value has gone down. I mean, at the end of the day, let's face it, Melo has about three years tops. The life of his contract is probably how much longer he has to go in the NBA. The fact that he got that big deal, you you can't make any noise about that because he earned that contract. When he came here to New York, he came here in his prime. He gave New York six good years of his life. You know, it was the organization's fault that they couldn't get it together. You know, the best shot that he had was with a 40-year-old Jason Kidd, Rashid Wallace, Kirk Thomas. You know, all of those guys helped carry that team, and they had veteran leadership to help him along the way. At the end of the day, Carmelo Anthony's a hired gun. He's not a vocal leader. He's not going to put the troops on his back and be like, all right, guys, get on my back. I'll take you to the promised land. He's not LeBron James. And I think the thing with with a lot of analysts and fans is that they expect Carmelo Anthony to be LeBron James. He's not LeBron James. He's not a point guard. He's never played point guard his whole life. He's been a small forward pretty much his entire career, and he mastered the art of scoring. 
I think that people need to understand that, especially in the New York fan base. You know, people are so so quick and hard up on getting rid of Carmelo because they feel like, you know, there's something better out there. But the reality is, man, championship teams will take him for a reason. It's the reason why championship teams will want somebody like Melo. You need a guy that you can dump the ball to at any given time to get you a clutch basket. And though his legs are going, his athleticism has changed. One thing he still can do is score the basketball, and I think that that's valuable, especially for a team like the Knicks that looks like they're going to be going in the opposite direction and blowing up the, um, the team to go back into the rebuild mode. And I quite honestly think that they should, you know, blow up the team outside of getting rid of Carmelo. Like, you know, the rumor is Derrick Rose may be on the trading block. You go to Jen- Brandon Jennings' Twitter and, and Instagram pages and Joe Kim Noah, and they really don't have no real association with the New York Knicks anymore. So that can be a trade that's brewing as we speak. You know what I mean? As we speak, those trades can be brewing. And, you know, it's probably going to set the Knicks back. But to me, they need to be worried about getting as many ping pong balls as ever. Because Lonzo Ball is the truth. Lonzo, Alonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball from UCLA is the truth. That's the young Jason kid in the flesh. Which is, he's more athletic. And he has a better jump shot than Jason Kidd at this point in time of his career. So, I think that the Knicks honestly need to go into the lottery. They're not doing anything this year. Going to the playoffs and being one and done doesn't help the situation. You need to get as many ping pong balls and as much talent as possible here in New York because, quite frankly, no free agents are coming here. You got Draymond on his own podcast talking about they don't know who's going to come here. They they don't know any any good free agents at that that will want to come here. Chris Paul already talking about, you know, I want Carmelo to get out of that situation, come to L.A. Kyrie, you know, Kyle Lowry pretty much saying that, um, you know, he's paying attention to what, the way that Phil Jackson has treated Carmelo Anthony. And then the whole Charles Oakley situation, man, makes it really tough to get a star to want to come here and play, especially with the way that loyalty is showed around this place. And don't get me wrong, James Dolan is a loyal guy. You know what I mean? I, I made a point to somebody the other day. Like, people sit there and complain about Oakley not getting a job in the organization or Patrick Ewing not getting a job in the organization. I think that the way that James Dolan looks at things, he's giving guys that trend that had hit big shots in franchise history an opportunity to work with him and money. Look at Allen Houston. Gave him $100 million. $100 million back then when $100 million wasn't really given to players that often. He gave him $100 million, and I really believe that he gave it to him for that shot in the playoffs in Miami to eliminate the Miami Heat. That solidified his slot at Madison Square Garden. You know, that showed James Dolan's loyalty to his former players. You know what I mean? So a lot of people sit there and try to say that Dolan is a slave master and he has a slave, mentality, slave owner mentality and all of this other nonsense, but I think that's pretty whack. You know what I mean? That's a man that spent a lot of money. And, you know, I hate to say it, he has a lot of black friends, but that's neither here nor there. I don't think that it's a race issue with James Dolan. I just think that people just don't like him because they don't like him. You know what I mean? But he spends money. He definitely takes care of his own. And he took care of Allen Houston. You know, if you also look at the history, he's taking care of um, Larry Johnson. Everybody say Larry Johnson. Why do you say Larry Johnson? That big four-point play against the Indiana Pacers in the playoffs. That the garden almost erupted like a volcano after that shot was made by Larry Johnson. That solidified Larry Johnson's slot in the afterlife of his basketball career at Madison Square Garden. You know, another person you could look at where the loyalty ran deep. And that was to, you know, John Starks. And what do you can... When you say John Starks, what's the greatest Nick moment in John Starks' career? The dunk. You know what I mean? Over Michael Jordan and Horace Grant. You know? So Dolan hasn't forgotten those guys and what they've done for the franchise and what they meant to the franchise. You know, you got guys like John Wallace that's still, you know, with the franchise. I mean, he hasn't done anything significant, but these are guys that go under the radar. You still got Herb Williams around. You know, he was like the assistant, uh, 
the figurehead assistant coach for many years. Who, no matter what the regime was, but that's part of the reason why the Knicks were pretty bad for a long time because the way that they handle their front office dealings is um pretty bad. Steve Mills, Steve Mills, Steve Mills has been around since Isaiah Thomas. You know what I mean? Now he's back in the mix with Phil Jackson, and he'll possibly be taking over for Phil Jackson if Phil Jackson leaves. Me personally, I'm gonna keep on saying it. I think that if Dolan was smart. You'll reach out to guys like Joe Dumas. You know, bring an experienced GM in here to do the job that I don't think Phil is capable of doing. You know, now he's just hanging around now because his pride is eating at him. You know, the weird tweets and, you know, cryptic messages that you send out to your players in the media, that destroyed the organization in the players' eyes. You know, you're catching Phil on uh, New York City transit buses looking all crazy you know what is that picture to symbolize that you're on the bus that you're trying to roll over your players in you know so you know the Knicks have a lot of work man a lot of work to do but as far as the rumors and everything goes that's what I'm hearing from Nick Land is you know it's a possibility that it may be a fire sale everybody around Carmelo is is, is, is an option to be out of here including Joe Kim Noah if they can move Noah, oh, that'll be a, a huge weight lifted off the shoulders of this organization because Joakim Noah's not going to outlast that um, contract that he's getting. That $72 million contract for four years, he's not going to outlast that contract. But if you could get somebody to take it, hopefully Minnesota, for some young players or draft picks, you know, I'll gladly take it. You know what I mean? But as of now... That everybody on the Knicks outside of Carmelo Anthony and Kristaps Porzingis is expendable. I, I'm pretty sure he'll probably keep Willie Hernan Gomez as well. You know, they, they may get rid of um, Kuzminskis because he has shown that he can have some value and be a valuable piece on a contending team. He can flat out play. You know, you can't deny that. Staying in the garden, you know, the toxic garden. You know, the James Dolan, Charles Oakley feud, man. It, it, it hasn't gotten any better. I heard that they met over, you know, All-Star Weekend at the Legends Dinner. And, you know, they hatched out some things with Reverend, Reverend Jesse Jackson. It's like, it shouldn't even get to this point. And, you know, I think that, you know, Charles Oakley, man, he he's definitely um dragging it out. You know, don't get me wrong. I love Oakley for his toughness as a player, but... I think that he's really dragging this situation out and, um, you know, it's, it's quite ridiculous now. It's like, come on, what do you want? Now it's like you're acting like you're money hungry. You know what I mean? You're acting like you don't have any money. You're trying to find a way to, I don't know what you're really trying to do, Charles. I, you know, I hate it. I hate it for the team because you're destroying the brand of the Knicks. You say you love the fans, you love the team, but what you're doing is making this destination much more unattractive than it already is, you know, you you know, you, David Stern and Michael Jordan sat down with you, they tried to, you know, uh, mediate the situation, things were well, two days later you come back and you say that you don't want anything from Dolan, cool, you should have had that mentality from the gate, we would have never been in this predicament, because to me it seemed like he was coming back begging for a job or wanting something from the organization that, quite frankly, they don't have to give you. You know what I mean? They paid you for your services while you were here. You were traded. That was it. Stories closed. Patrick Ewing, arguably one of the greatest Knicks of all time, hasn't gotten a uh, phone call about a head coaching job. He's shown his desire for that. So if Ewing, who's an all-time great legend, Nick, hasn't gotten the opportunity, what gives you the right to say that you deserve it over Ewing? And... That's my point. You know what I mean? I love Oakley, but I think that the situation is getting to the point where it's ridiculous now, and it's looking like it's more than just um, the, th the the fact that Dolan called him out in the public eye. I think it's more about money and, you know, it's pride getting in the way now. Winding down, you know, as far as, um, you know, the whole... Dolan and Oakley drama, hopefully it's put to an end. You know, I don't think the fans really want to see it anymore. But what, what Draymond Green did was, I think he overstepped his boundaries by one, talking about the Knicks, 
and by two, publicly trying to call James Dolan out as being a slave master, having a slave master mentality, even though you didn't say it in that manner, it came across that way. And you gotta be careful, bro. At the end of the day, you're still a player. These owners are all friends, billion dollar friends. So you can you need to watch it how you move because you can easily be removed from the sport. You know, there's a bunch of young athletic guys out there that would want your um your position. So, you know, sometimes as a player, you gotta practice responsibility as a player and not overstep your boundaries. Because at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is these guys really own these teams. They run the league. They're the owners of the teams of these leagues. So they can easily make a phone call or one person can be like, you know what? Don't touch that guy. Don't touch that guy. Look at what happened with um, Delonte West. He made the biggest mistake of his life and he's paying for it to this day. They, they made him go away. That can easily happen to Draymond Green too. You know, I, me personally, I think he's a little overrated. I mean, he's 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 better than average, but the way he talks is he talks is like he's um a LeBron James caliber type of player, and he's not. Let's be real. You know, you got Stephen Clay on your team now. You got KD, which I don't think you're too fond of KD because you always throw. You've always been throwing shade after you publicly got on him. In front of everybody screamed at him talking about one-on-one play and you know getting on him about hustling and all that i really think that at the end of the day you look at him like man this isn't your team i don't care what you did before or that we beat you already and you came with us so your respect level for him is already different you know what i mean so i don't think that you would mind if kd is banished or or if he moves on after this season after this one-year deal is up whether you win or lose and quite frankly, if, if you guys lose, I think KD is out of here because he's already gone on record and said that he may not be considering taking less money for the betterment of the team, which, you know, I don't blame him. But, you know, that's going to cause turmoil between the team because, you know, Klay Thompson, he made no no mistakes about it. Don't make any mistakes about it. Klay Thompson was the first one to go on record and say, you know, my role with the team isn't going to change regardless if KD is here or not. So that just shows you the way, they, the way that they view each other. You know what I mean? They all look at themselves as, as game-changing players and superstars. And, you know, it doesn't matter what the name is on the back. It's about the name on the front. And if you're not with that concept, they, they'll make you uncomfortable to the point where you'll end up having to go on and do your own thing. You know what I mean? But back to Draymond's comments. I think that he was a little irresponsible with what he said. I understand what he was trying to say, but you know, when you start using the words like slavery and slave mentality and all that, you open up a whole nother can of worms. So everything that he does moving forward is gonna be scrutinized and and dissected, you know, to make him look like something that he probably isn't. You know what I mean? Next on the list. 2017 free agents and um you know starting this topic man i'm gonna look at some realistic free agent targets and you know before last night's deal i was gonna say it would have been a it was a lot of realistic targets out there that the knicks could have gotten or looked into after this season you know but after that whole demarcus cousins transaction last night it changed things because one of the players that is going to be a restricted free agent. I mean, he's going to be a free agent this year. That could have helped the Knicks is Drew Holiday. And the reason why I was saying Drew Holiday would have probably been a good look or there's a good chance he would have came here is because his brother's here. You know, and I'm pretty sure he probably wanted to get out of the West and get away from New Orleans. But. After that whole transaction went down, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's going to want to stay now. You know, the question is, is how they're going to pay him. Because, you know, quite frankly, DeMarcus Cousins' uh, contract is up soon. And he's going to be one of the first to get $200 million. Now, you got to ask yourself, is he worth giving $200 million to with his mental lapses at times and his unstableness as a player on the court getting ejected all the time you know they haven't won 
with him in Sacramento. They haven't won more than 28 games, to be quite frank. But he didn't have any real players around him. But would they be willing to invest $200 million in him? And I think that that's what everybody's overlooking with the whole Sacramento Kings situation. Even though it looks like they got duped and they basically got nothing, they rid of themselves of a headache and a possible mistake. Because if you give DeMarcus Cousins 200, $200 million and it doesn't work, it'll be damn near impossible for you to unload him if things get bad in Sacramento. So the best thing to do was to get the best you can get for him, wish him well on his next journey, and let another team worry about that headache. Because that is something that has to be taken into consideration when you trade for a guy like DeMarcus Cousins. He's going to be demanding a hell of a lot of money, but he's also a problem on and off the court. You know, his judgment at times, a suspect, and it shows. You know what I mean? But back to some of the free agents that headline this year's, you know, 2017 free agents class. You got Blake Griffin. You know, more than likely, Blake Griffin is going to stick with the Clippers. I don't really anticipate him going anywhere. But, hey, funnier things have happened. Maybe he may look at it like, look, you guys wanted to trade me. So let me go out and test the market and see what's out there because, Quite frankly, Golden State isn't going anywhere. You know, they're going to be here for a while. You know what I mean? And everybody else is just competing for second place while they're still here. You know? Next on the list, New York Knicks, Derrick Rose. You know, you know, I don't know about the Rose situation. You know, moving forward, it just looks like he's just going through the motions. He showed everybody that he's pretty durable. This year, will the Knicks be willing to give him money? Nah, I don't think he's worth it. I think him going away without letting the team know hurt him. And the fact that Kristaps Porzingis even came out and said that he hasn't really gotten the full chemistry with you as a point guard, that speaks volumes. You know, and you're not a point, you're not a pass first point guard. You get to the rim, you get to the rim at will. You've shown that. You've shown the ability to still have the explosiveness. You caught a couple of dunks this season, and it's been pretty impressive so far, but the Knicks are still losing. You're not making anybody around you better, and it doesn't look like Coach Hornacek is too fond of you as a player either. It, it drops off significantly after Derrick Rose. You got Jeff Green, Manu Ginobili. Well, Serge Ibaka, he looks like he's going to re-up in Toronto. I don't expect him to go anywhere. Amir Johnson, you know, Andre Iguodala. I'm pretty sure Golden State will try to keep him if they can. If they can't, oh, well, he'll be a casualty because KD wants to get paid. Andrew Bogut, Tyreek Evans. I think that he's going to end up getting waived. Actually, I think his career is over, to be honest with you. But if he gets waived, who knows? He may, he may end up rehabbing. And again, he's another one of those guys that I could say would be a realistic free agent that will possibly test the waters here in New York to re revitalize their, their career. I mean, that's the point that we're at right now. Unless New York is just willing to stay away from that and build through the draft, it's going to be pretty hard because you can't just build through the draft. You still need free agents to come in here and fill these roster spots. And the way that the Knicks organization is ran right now, that looks like it's going to be a tall task. Steph Curry. We already know that Golden State isn't letting him walk no matter what. They're going to give him pretty much what he wants. Now, the thing is, how much are they going to be willing to give him and how much are they going to be willing to give KD? It's sort of like Miami and their big three. You had Dwayne Wade take the least amount of money for all three of those years that Chris Bosh and LeBron James was there. Chris Bosh actually was the highest paid player out of all three of them. And Wade didn't complain. LeBron ended up saying, you know what? I'm going to take my, my talents back to Cleveland because thank you guys for helping me win a championship. But I'm going to go back and I'm going to be the highest paid player on my team. Wade, thank you for taking less money, but I got to go. And what did Pat Riley turn around and do? Disrespected Dwayne Wade. Said, you know what? You took less money all three of those years. Why don't you continue to take less money? And Wade ended up going to Chicago. And everything hasn't been peaches and cream in Chicago either. You know what I mean? This season has just been one disappointment after another. You know, a lot of star players 
you know, that you're used to seeing, they basically didn't show up this year. All Father Time is catching up. And unfortunately, you know, Dwayne Wade was one of them. But back to the Golden State Warriors situation, the fact that they're going to have to make a decision on paying KD and Steph Curry is going to be a, a big issue because that's a lot of money. You're going to go over the luxury tax to keep these guys, and the question is, is it worth it? Next on the list, Drew Holiday. Again, he's one of the guys that, you know, I thought was going to be a, a pretty valuable option for the Knicks in free agency. Not a big name. He plays big. His game has gotten better. You know, he's went through what he had to go through with his wife. And his brother currently plays for the Knicks. So I thought that the Knicks would have had an opportunity to bring him in. But again, after the Sacramento Kings transaction, I don't see that happening. I think that he's probably going to stay put. They're going to pay him what they can pay him. You know, they give him with the max that they can give him. And, you know, I think he's going to stay there with AD and try to build off it. If not, it'll be a great pickup if New York can find a way to lure him here into the garden because he is a pass-first pass first point guard with size, and the Knicks kind of need that right now. Last on the list is Father Tom, Zach Randolph. You know, I, I think that, you know, after this season, Zach is pretty much hanging it up. You know what I mean? I don't think that Zach needs to prove anything anymore. He played a lot of tough years. You know, with his career in Portland, came to New York for a short stint, finished his career up in Memphis. I think that he's going to ride off in the sunset, and that'll be that. Other names on the list, Deron Williams, Tiago Splitter, Taj Gibson. He may, be a, he may be a target as well. He's a great rebounder. Brooklyn kid, who knows? You know, these guys are going to chase the money at the end of the day. Jeff Teague, he's interesting too. Because if Indiana is talking about blowing it up and they're talking about trading Paul George, Jeff Teague may definitely be on a trading block or he may not sign with Indiana moving forward. So he's a guy that you want to keep your eyes on as well. I don't think that he'll go to the Western Conference because there's too much going on in the Western Conference. I think he'll stay in the East Coast and if he's smart, he'll, he'll listen to what the Knicks has to say. Um, Erickson Ilyasova, you know, he's not a big name. He's helping Philadelphia out right now. I think that he's probably a good thing for that young group over in Philly. I don't think he's going to leave anywhere. Sergio Rodriguez, Philly, they may work something out. They may cut him. Who knows? When they get, um, when they get, um, Joel Embiid back and, um, their star point guard, Sergio Rodriguez, now becomes, you know, a doormat for Ben Simmons. You know, their star point guard. That's what I'm talking about, Ben Simmons. You know, so I don't think they'll have any real need for Sergio Rodriguez, and who knows where he's going to go. George Hill, another interesting person. Right now he's striving in Utah. Maybe Utah gives him the money to stay there. You never know. Jose Calderon's career is over after this season. J.J. Redick. He may be a casualty in, in in Los Angeles. He may be a valuable piece on somebody's roster, probably Cleveland, with the way that LeBron is going out and recruiting these guys to come and play with him to, to solidify his 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 status in the history of getting to the NBA Finals and possibly playing for championships. Guys like JJ Redick are guys that LeBron will probably look after to bring in. Who knows? The Knicks may run after him. He was rumored to be part of a deal for Carmelo Anthony, so we got to keep our eyes on that situation as well. Jody Meeks, Patrick Patterson, Kyle Korver, no big names. Nikola Mer Nikolai Miracic, Luis Scola, P.J. Tucker. He was somebody that the Knicks were rumored to be looking at. You know, defensive threat. To me, he's not any big name. He's nothing special, nothing spectacular for me, but the only connection that he has here is Jeff Ornacek. He's one of his guys, obviously. You got Darren Collison. What is Darren Collison going to do now that Sacramento is obviously in rebuild mode? You know, maybe he may open his options to probably come into New York and try to resurrect his franchise. 
Tony Allen, he's another guy that's a tough, hard-nosed defensive guy. I don't know what you can do with him. I mean, you know, I don't think New York needs a guy like Tony Allen because he's getting a little long in the tooth as well. You know, Roy Hibbert, you know, he's in Charlotte, basically winding his career down. Brandon Jennings, you know, like I said, you know, he took down everything Knicks on his social media handles. So that's a telltale sign. He even tried to drop a little bomb yesterday, like guaranteeing Paul George may end up on the Lakers. Who knows? What are, what are we talking about? Three-team deals? Like, what's going on? You know, what's going on in Nickland? What's going on in the NBA? You know, the fact that Paul George is on the trading block is ridiculous. But that's the way sports work right now. Sometimes you can't beat a dead horse. Jonas Jarebko. You know, he's, I don't know, he's going to stick with Boston probably. Or he probably won't have a home in the NBA. Otto Porter Jr., now, the Wizards are going to have a hard time figuring out what to do with him. You know, are they going to give him the money? I mean, he's playing well this year. He's definitely doing his thing from behind the arc. Three-point, he's improved his three-point range. And he's he basically stepped up. It's a contract year for him. You know, it's no coincidence. Patrick Mills. Vince Carter looks like he's probably going to retire at the end of this year. Chris Humphreys, you know, he's going to be a journeyman. Somebody's going to pick him up. Udonis Haslam, it's a shame what happened to Haslam. You know, he's the heart and soul of Miami. Now he's the doormat. You know, James Johnson has found a new career in Miami. Miami will probably re-sign him. Big reason for their 13-game winning streak. You know, Tabo Cephalosha, defensive threat. You know, who knows what Atlanta's going to do with him. I think that they'll probably keep him because he has the intangibles that they need on defense. Alex Lynn. Nick Collison, Nerlens Noel, where would Nerlens end up? Nobody knows. But one thing's for sure is Philly is kind of done with him now. Now that they got the process, Ben Simmons, they're going to get another draft pick this year. Nerlens Noel is expendable. Brandon Rush, Bohan Bogdanovich, Anthony Morrow, Mike Scott, Ben McLemore. Interesting guy. I think that McLemore was just in the wrong system in Sacramento. He has all the tools, but he's another guy that left college a little bit too early and he wasn't ready. And it's showing. It's showing in the way that his game is materializing right now because he was in college, lighting it up, flying around the place. His jump shot was on. He got to Sacramento and things didn't quite work out for him or the Kings. But he's an interesting person to watch out for and you can get him for a steal in this year's free agency class. And he's young, you know. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, another guy that's a shooter from Detroit, you know. It's going to be interesting to see what some of these guys do. You know, the rumors in Detroit is that Andre Drummond is on the trading block. You know, it's a lot of movement and a lot of player rumors going on nowadays, man. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward because, you know, right now, the talk, of the talk of the town is DeMarcus Cousins in New Orleans, man. The landscape of the NBA is changing, and it's very lopsided. Um, Omari Caspi. Nene Hilario. He's on his last leg. Jaja Pachulia. I don't think the Warriors are going to keep him. I think that he was a, uh, uh, a Band-Aid for a year. Just to give him some size. I don't think they're going to keep him. Trey Burke. I don't think anybody else is going to pick his contract up. He's probably going to end up overseas in China somewhere. Aaron Brooks is a little long in the tooth. He may end up not sticking around the NBA after this. Michael Carter-Williams. Interesting. He may be another free agent that the Knicks may entertain on bringing in. He's still young. He's a tall point guard. He's a pass first guard. We'll see what happens. Randy Foy, he's on his last leg. Shelvin Mack, Kelly Olynyk, some big guys. Interesting, very interesting person in Kelly Olynyk, but I don't see him fitting out outside of anywhere but Boston. Shabazz Muhammad, lethal guy off the bench, can be a serviceable player somewhere, but we'll see if Minnesota decides to keep him. Joe Inglis, Adrian Payne, James Young, Tony Snell. You know, 
Tyler Ennis. You know, that's a guy that's another guy. Should have stayed in college. Listened to too many outside influences. Ruined his career. You know, he could have probably been in his second year now. Wrecking stuff in the NBA. Had he stayed in college and played under Bayham one or two more years in Syracuse. But a lot of these kids, the AAU era, they get too caught up within the headlines and the hype of themselves and the coaches don't necessarily teach them the fundamentals. It's all about raw talent and what you can do. You're a god to everybody. Everybody's telling you yes, but, you know, Tyler Ennis was clearly a guy that should have stayed in college and he's been bounced around the league from team to team. Hopefully he gets it together. If not, I see him in China somewhere. Mason Plumley, he's in Denver now. Will he end up staying? That's another story. You know, but I will, it, it, people will be looking at him in free agency. David West, he's probably going to retire after this year. Meta World Peace, my man Ron Ron. Ron Artest. You know, the Lakers are probably going to let him go. You know, you could go out and run around town with Brother Polite now, my brother, enlightening these people out here. Brandon Bass, last leg of his career. Raymond Felton, last leg of his career. Jason Terry, definitely on the last leg of his career. James Jones, he's the he's the ultimate 15th man. <laughs> LeBron may just keep you around, bro, to get you more rings. You know, Beno Udrick. You know, Beno has had a promising future in Memphis. I don't know what happened, but, you know, it looks like the uh, glass slipper fell off. Tim Hardaway Jr., that's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what Tim Hardaway Jr. does moving forward. He's now a starter in Atlanta. If Atlanta's smart, they'll keep him. He's starting to blossom. You know, the Knicks couldn't wait. Phil Jackson got rid of him. He wasn't a learner. The draft pick you got in Jerry and Grant for getting rid of Tim Hardaway wasn't a learner as well. You got rid of him too, Phil. So what are you doing? Watching the players that you let go flourish before your eyes. Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to definitely be on Atlanta's team for the long term, and he's going to help that organization flourish into something special down the line. Reggie Bullock, he's probably out of here. Should have stayed in college. Left North Carolina too early. Sasha Vujicic, after the Knicks let him go, it's over for him. And Gerald Green, another guy, journeyman. Can't seem to stick anywhere. A lot of it is off-the-court stuff. And, you know, I don't think that he's going to last long after this season. I don't think anybody's going to pick him up. Andre Robinson, good defensive player for OKC. I see him staying with, with um, Russ and OKC. Marcus Thornton, journeyman, maybe gone. Ty Lawson, another interesting person. You know, these are the guys that New York will have <clears throat> their eyes on. These are the guys that are fighting to keep their career alive and what better place than to come to New York to resurrect your career? And I think that Ty Lawson is somebody that'll also be on the Knicks' radar come free agency during the summer. Allen Anderson, journeyman. Luke Babbitt. C.J. Wilcox. Brian Roberts. Terrence Jones. Interesting guy. He's definitely going to be the odd man out now that Boogie's there. In um, New Orleans, AD is still there, so he may take his um, talents elsewhere, and you can get him for a bargain, and he plays hard. So these are guys, realistically, that New York will probably target. I'd say Terrence Jones, for sure, is somebody that'll probably be on the Knicks' target list as a guy that rebounds, plays hard every night, plays defense at that. Thomas Robinson, his career is over. Ian Clark. He's going to get some money from somebody because Ian Clark isn't a bum, and you got to think about it. He practices against Steph Curry and Klay Thompson every day in practice, so he's getting better just because of the team that he's around, and he's a winner already. So he may get some money somewhere. I don't know from who, but he's going to have some people knocking down his door this free agency class. Justin Holiday, if he stays with New York, that means that Drew Holiday is in play if He's planning on leaving the New Orleans Pelicans, which I don't see him doing anytime soon. Jeff Whitney and Damajon Rudez. James McAdoo. Michael Beasley. I think that Beasley's earned his keep 
in Milwaukee. I think that they'll give him a little bit of a better deal this offseason. He earned it. Mike Muscala, I think he's going to stick around in Atlanta. Jonathan Simmons, he's earned it. He's, he's like the John Starks 2.0, man. He earned his keep, played hard, knows the type of guys that Popovich loves. So I think that he's staying with the Spurs. You know, Popovich has a good thing going there. Cristiano Felicio, Chicago. They're probably going to let him go. Bobby Brown, he's gone. Back to China, probably. J. Michael Green, another interesting guy. Stepped into the starting lineup in Memphis, and he hasn't disappointed. So he's going to get some money somewhere. More than likely, it's going to be from Memphis. Dantes Montehunas. Okay, he's about to be a casualty because... Boogie Cousins is there now. So what do you do with Dante Montehunas now when you got DeMarcus Cousins there? Probably a big man that somebody's going to take up. I don't need him in New York. We got too many soft big guys as is. We don't need another one. Derek Jones Jr., Mr. Dunkathon. You know, he dropped a dud in the dunk contest, but during the D-League games, he was flying around looking crazy. You know, Ron Baker. You know, if the Knicks don't keep him, he's going to go over to China, wherever, and do what Jimmy Fredette is doing. Scoring 73 points in China. Uh, Joe Anthony. You know, Joel Anthony is definitely out of here. Jordan McRae is out of here. Allen Williams is definitely out of here. And that wraps up the free agency class of 2017. And like I said, it's quite a few interesting names on that list, about a good five. Six players that the Knicks can target as realistic targets to come here. You know, like I said, the stars, superstars, aren't giving New York a chance. They, you got a snowball chance in hell to get a superstar to come here to play with Carmelo unless it's by trade. So you got to look for the next best way to improve your team, and that's with the best available players and through the draft, and that's realistically what the Knicks need to do to um, improve their team. Now, the trade chips right now is D-Rose, Courtney Lee, Brandon Jennings, and Noah. Well, Noah's going to be much harder to move, but the latter three, I think that the phone lines are going to be busy for the next couple of days to try to move one, if not all of them. You know, if they could get Joe Kim Noah out of here in the process, they will. The only other place that I see Joe Kim Noah going willfully and giving it his all is back with Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota. And what can Minnesota possibly give us a value? Anything but, you know, long-term contracts for has-beens. I'll take Ricky Rubio. You know, the rumor has always been that Ricky Rubio, is he wanted to be in New York, and he's not working in um, Minnesota right now. And he's a pass-first pass point guard. So with the way that Phil thinks, I think that he would probably go after a guy like Ricky Rubio. Another guy who doesn't play defense, by the way. He plays a passing lane well, but he's not a defensive guard in that word. A guy like Russell Westbrook will cook him every night. You know what I mean? But we're talking about trying to get realistic targets and realistic talent here that will play here. And the only way you're going to get people is through the trades and through drafts. So Ricky Rubio will be an interesting person to watch before Thursday's deadline, along with Derrick Rose. Courtney Lee and Joe Kim Noah. And how cool would that be if Derrick Rose is traded to Minnesota to play with Tom Thibodeau and, you know, Ricky Rubio is sent here to New York. You know, along with Joe Kim Noah going to Minnesota. They need veteran leadership out there to help. I think that those guys will be rejuvenated to play with Tibbs, even though they probably won't make the playoffs this year. But I think that Tibbs will take a chance on those two guys again because he's been through wars with them, and Tibbs is a loyal guy, you know? Mello. Let's get to Mello and his all-star weekend, you know, therapy comment. I think a lot of people took it out of context. And it goes back to what I said earlier, man. A lot of these people just don't like to see that man happy. It's like they want the losing stigma to stick with him. They want it to be, oh, it's Mellow Ball, it's his fault. It's time to let Kristaps Porzingis take over. But the fact of the matter is KP isn't ready for it. He said it himself. And you'll just be setting him up to fail if you let Melo go. 
You know, him saying that it was a little bit therapy for him to get away from everything toxic going on at the garden, there's nothing wrong with that because the reality is the garden was toxic. Phil Jackson created an atmosphere that, you know, quite frankly, nobody wants to come and deal with. You know what I mean? He rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It started with LeBron James. Now he's picking that Carmelo Anthony public in the media. And it goes back to the old saying, a friend of my enemy is my enemy. Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James are friends. So it was an easy target for Phil Jackson to play this whole divide and conquer with the team because the team and the fan base is clearly split down the middle on what should happen moving forward. Me personally, I think Phil needs to go. I think that he's probably going to go, especially if they don't do anything before the trade deadline. The Knicks are going to lose people. They're going to walk on them, to be honest with you. Everybody that came here was happy to be here in the beginning. They're walking on the Knicks the first chance that they get. And they're going to make stories up about it after they move on. You know what I mean? So, you know, Phil will be a failure in all actuality if he doesn't make any moves. And, again, Melo isn't going anywhere. He set his therapy for him. I think that he's going to stick it out until the trade deadline. I mean, until the summertime when he can make a move and sit down and discuss everything with his family in terms of staying here in New York. The only other place for him would be Los Angeles. You know, I don't see him moving to Cleveland. I don't see him as a Cleveland type of guy. You know what I mean? Just hearing how he was talking about his family went on vacation this week without him and he had to run and meet them yesterday. That just shows you where his mind is. And, you know, I wish Melo the best, man. I hope that the Knicks can work it out with him here. You know, and I just hope that it turns into a winning situation while he's still under contract with us because that man wanted to come here. Not too many free agents wanted to come here. You know what I mean? Granted, he forced his way here. He could have went to Brooklyn, but that was just all leverage on his part because he understands business and negotiating. So I don't knock Melo at all for any of this that's going on in New York. I blame the executives like Phil Jackson, the owner and James Dolan, and some of you raggedy fans out here that don't know a good thing when it's right here in your life. Next on the list, NFL news. It's going to be a short one because, you know, not much has really happened outside of the New York area, outside of the Giants cutting Victor Cruz and Brandon Jennings. I mean, the word on the street right now is that, you know, the Carolina Panthers are showing interest in Victor Cruz. I think that will be a pretty cool move for him because, you know, I think he's only going to get better. You know, this year was his first year playing full, a full season, you know, without any injuries, still trying to trust his, his knee and everything he was going through. And the Giants gave him a chance, you know what I mean? But unfortunately, he took that boat ride down to Miami. That kind of sealed his fate because you are the veteran in that locker room. You won a championship before, and you were supposed to cool. tell the young boys, look, don't do that. Don't make that move, man. You know what I mean? Or if you do make the move, don't put it on camera. You didn't do that. They held you accountable for it. They didn't want to take that eight, nine million dollar cap hit that was gonna come having you on there, and they got rid of you. The same goes for Brandon Jennings. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jennings saw the writing on the wall once, um, once the rookie got into play, and you know started doing his thing. I think that you know Paul, Paul, Paul showed his worth. Paul Perkins definitely showed his worth as the future of the Giants running backs. You know, he's definitely a elusive guy in the, in the whole, you know, he's not a north-south runner, he's an east-west runner, you know what I mean? Break, making guys miss, and that's what the Giants missed. You know, they really haven't had that type of elusiveness from a running back since, you know, Amar Bradshaw, Tiki, Tiki Barber, Dave Meggett, you know, so Paul Perkins gives you a little bit of that and unfortunately, you know, um, Jennings didn't give you that. You know, so the Giants parted ways with them. And they're probably making making way for Jason Pierre-Paul's payday, you know. So, with that being said, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Giants do moving forward. But, um, you know, hey, man, we'll see, man. I, the Adrian Peterson... Rumor is really interesting to me. I'm going to monitor it. They need an offensive lineman. And they definitely need to strike it rich in this year's draft because 
They need more targets outside of Odell Beckham. They need to get a backup quarterback that's that will be willing and able to step in once Eli's career is over. And it remains to be seen, man. Eli's not getting any younger. McAdoo did a fairly good job as a first-year co- um, coach. And the Giants' future is pretty bright moving forward. Just leave the cameras alone and leave them at home when you're on boats with a lot of different people and females and all that. And everything else will be straight, man. Last on the list, and I'm kind of torn between this because, you know, I couldn't imagine what Darrell Revis is going through right now, you know, with this whole situation that he's in. You know, he had to turn himself into Pittsburgh the other day where the incident happened. But this is what... This is the fine line that athletes have to walk. You know, as an athlete, you know that you're a famous guy. And you got some people out here that'll see you and just try to pray off of you. You know what I mean? Because they're not doing anything with their life. They're going to want to, you know, test you to probably get something out of you. You know what I mean? And I think that's what the case was with Darrell Revis. Unfortunately, it sounds like his boys put the pause on these two young men. That had to follow, had the nerve to follow Darrell Revis around, recording him on camera and talking crazy to him and things of that nature. You know, you can't do that to people, man. A lot of these fans feel like you're obligated to take pictures with them. You're obligated to sign an autograph. You know, you're not obligated to do anything for them. You know what I mean? And I think that that, that caught Darrell Revis off guard. And his people, rightfully so, put the pause on him, allegedly. They don't know what the story is. The story is still trying to be figured out. But those two kids got laid out, and rightfully so. You know what I mean? You don't run up on nobody that you don't know. You don't know him from a child. You don't put no cameras in his face and tantalize and and antagonize this man. You know what I mean? You can't do that, man. As a fan, stay in a fan's place, especially when you're a Steelers fan. You know what I mean? Not a Jet fan. So, Darrell Revis, man, you know, your career as a Jet is probably over. They're going to cut you. Now they're going to, you know, they're going to distance themselves from you because, quite frankly, they don't want the drama and they wanted to do something with your money from before. They didn't want to keep you. So, you know, you offered to go to safety and all of this other stuff, but your career is over, man. Revis Island stood strong for a long time. You lost the step, but, you know, in this next chapter of your life man hopefully things work out for the best for you and your family and you know hopefully you learn from this situation so with that being said ladies and gentlemen we come to another we come to the end of another podcast great topics you know hopefully you liked it if you liked it follow us on instagram facebook twitter at bars and hoops that's b-a-r-s-a-n-d H-O-O-P-S Subscribe to us on iTunes At bars With the and sign Hoops Bars and hoops On iTunes Podcast Subscribe to us Check us out on SoundCloud Check us out at Barsandhoops.com That's B-A-R-S-A-N-D Hoops.com For all the latest news Latest topics Trending topics Music Whatever it is that you want to talk about, we'll talk about it, baby. So once again, man, I leave you on this note. Life is all about love and hate. The key to life is making sure that the love outweighs the hate. And my name is Stills the Great, signing off. Peace.